Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24. Okay. Welcome to the Permaculture Pimp Cast with your host, the Permaculture Pimp Daddy and the Pasture-Raised Pimp. Get your recommended daily allowance of permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. Tip a pimp. Stay alert, stay alive. Permaculture is my passion. Welcome to episode 132 of the Permaculture Pimp Cast, the only pimp cast on planet Earth where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. And don't forget, PIMP stands for permaculture is my passion. How you doing, son? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. As always, this episode brought to you by Hickory Ridge Soap from TwoOldCrowsHomestead.com. Turn that simp into a pimp. Bam! Also, Heaven's <laughs> Harvest, y'all. 10% off with promo code PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. Get all your preparedness needs squared away over there. That's what I'm talking about, y'all. All the things you can't do yourself, be absolutely positively sure you go check them out. Great company, great seeds, great products, great everything. So if you can't source it yourself, you know exactly where to go. But if you're looking for a place to go, you can also head on over to the Fountain app where you can tip a pimp over there you can listen to all your podcasts and if you like you can drop us if you so desire a derivation of bitcoin called satoshi did i get it right this time i don't think satoshi so. satoshi I think. satoshi i finally got it right satoshi the second time. might be something else it might be like a japanese tool steal or something or i'm probably cussing somebody else in <laughs> japanese be, yeah, and don't even know it so if you want well look we'll call it sats because that's what they call them sats so if you like to drop some sats on some pimps <laughs> go check us out over there on the fountain app what are you what's what are you giggling about son <laughs> be your first mess up on that <laughs> some sats on <laughs> <me>. <laughs> like it's a chippendales podcast or something like yeah, that yeah <laughs> man somebody might start thinking the bad thing about all this but yeah uh for all the people out there hey if you pass this around be sure to let people know that pimp stands for permaculture is my passion there's some people reaching out like, oh, that's so off-putting. Well, you don't know what it means. If you look at the title of it, it has P, period, I, period, M, period, P. So it's an acronym. Also, uh, get over it. Just, yeah, of just all get the over things. it. Of all the things in the world, Biden is your president right now, and you're going to get mad that two <laughs> pimps are over here recording a podcast? Yeah. I don't care if it's an acronym or not. Like, yeah, those are the worst perspective. Those are the worst kind of pimps up there. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. literally are the bad kind of pimps, especially in D.C. Well, you know, speaking of those pimps up there, actually, they're hoes. Yeah. Ho, ho, hoes. Exactly. I mean, in the real sense of that word. Well, a lot going on around here, y'all, in so many different ways, so many moving parts, so many things going on. And I know the same thing is happening where you are. But right now, you know, one of the things we're doing, we're struggling through Michelle making that compost pile right now. And it's not really her fault. Now, I'm going to try to say this as uh, gently as I possibly can, is that there are people in these spaces all the way around. You hear Andy Frisella talk about them a lot. And yeah. the people I'm talking about are those ones who claim to be uh, financial experts. That's usually the one he's talking about. Or well, even like business experts. Right. People yeah. that are experts. And we get a lot of them in permaculture, really. 
There are a lot of these academics or wannabe academics out there that can tell you everything in the world theoretically, but have never really put their hands on it. Well, the same thing applies in every discipline, but it just seems like we got so many in the permaculture space. Well, Michelle is basically putting these piles together and she has something of an advisor. Right. And she's telling her, I told her from the word go, I was like, hey, this thing's going to be a problem doing it this way. First of all, they told you the wrong size compost cage that you need. And these people don't understand that we've already been doing this and have done it. And so she hasn't a way to convey this to these people because when you deal with a lot of these folks, many times you're dealing with folks that have serious ego issues. Right. And they know theoretically how to do this, but if you haven't put your hands on it and when you're making compost, it's always going to be, well, there are nuanced things that don't translate everywhere. Yeah. And like, it's not like we're coming to this or coming to this uh, class or anything like with an ego, we came to this class with um, like with the intent of making compost better. And we have made compost ad nauseum for I don't even know how many years now and we've tried all these different methods all these different ways we know techniques that we can't even communicate to other people because it's just we made that much compost well and there's techniques also that require feel right there are things yeah. that you can't learn until you put your hands on it that's sadly what a lot of people don't realize they make their first pile it doesn't work out and <laughs> until then you put your feet cold feet in it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's a that's another good thing too. William used to use those compost piles to warm his toes up in the winter. And you know, the beautiful thing about this whole process and how we do it is that we have a lot of experience. So when we're applying new methods, sometimes you gotta follow their instructions, or Michelle felt like she had to, and now the pile, it's I can make it work no matter what. But from the very beginning, I'm telling her, hey, you know what? Uh, they kind of set you up for failure because we're in the fall. You don't have as much um, energy in your green materials, so you can't cut it the night before, let it dry out all night, and then build your pile at noon the next day when it's this dry out. Right. It's gonna, you're going to rob some of that energy that you sorely need in this pile. That's number one. Number two, um, you already got a red flag going on when this person is a wannabe academic and they're telling you to use a compost cage that ain't the right size. Right. I couldn't even get all that stuff in a 30-bucket compost, and you're telling me to put a 40-bucket compost. So you're going to have Or these... if you've made more compost this year than that person has in their entire lifetime. Absolutely. I made more compost this year using that method uh, than this, like you said, than this person almost yeah. certainly has in their lifetime. So you have these egos of these people, but you got to get these certifications sometimes. And you got to find a way. So look, the plan is we're going to go back to doing it the way we know how to do it because it changes no matter where you are. Yeah. The method you use to make it. Okay, William, the method you used in Australia, is it going to apply perfectly to where we live in the mountains? No, not perfectly. Cause there's just flat out materials that I had access to there that I don't have access to here. And that's always going to be the case. Yeah. So if somebody's telling you to make a compost pile and use these directions, use these materials, well, it ain't always going to work. And so what we're doing is that we're going to basically um, pencil whip this stuff, as I understand it, a certain way. And we're going to make it the way that we have been with substandard materials and turning it into compost that is, I mean, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, just watch out for those people, y'all. They're going to – and I don't care who these so-called gurus are. They may call themselves permaculture designers. But at the end of the day, like the Bible says, test the spirits – well, you got to test their, their, their ability. How much experience do they have? How many times have they done this? How many piles have they made? Are they working? Uh, does it work in your area? You're going to have to find these things out and you got to make sure you're not just blindly listening to these people. I have a brother that just because a person wrote a book, they think that because they have a book, I don't think know that, that they're right on the money. I don't know that it's uh, because that person has a book. I think it's because he read that person's book. Yeah. I think that's where the ego got involved. Well, actually, there. I got a couple of brothers there like that, you know, where, and I've said it before, that having the ability to read only enables you to be a higher functioning slave if you can't determine whether or not what you're being told is right or wrong. So I'm saying all this because it applies all the way around. And then there's also those same people, we're going to cover this in the main topic. There's also these main people that fancy themselves as um, experts in, let's say, preparedness. Yeah. And 
you got to ask them, you got to ask these people, okay, how much time have you actually spent doing this? You're going to have to try this stuff yourselves. A lot of people don't want to hear this, but like Joel Salatin always says, you can't Google experience. Yeah. Yeah. You really can't. So, I mean, I folks, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've come across this and I'm spending a lot of time right now, because if this is a problem we're coming across, almost certainly many of you are coming across the same thing, no matter what it is your endeavor might be or anything you're trying to learn. Okay. So raising chickens, you're going to find, go out there, go to YouTube and go look for it. And you're going to find 10 different methods on how to raise chickens. Yeah. Probably more than that. And we're in a topic that's kind of helpful because we're, all we're doing is replicating nature. So you can always bring it back to the simplest form, which is what's happening in nature and then adjust from there. Right. You know what I mean? But don't think that that's a license to not give it a shot. No, 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 no. It just gives, it's, like there's a fail safe, there's a fail safe pattern or design that you can f- always fall back to if you need to. No, he's and he's absolutely right. Like on. a lot of this stuff, I think is I still hold the same opinion where I think a lot of this stuff seems to be overcomplicated. Absolutely. Like especially when it comes to this compost. I mean, go back to that Jeff Lawton interview that he did where he's explaining, you know, the composting system and the chicken tractor on uh, steroids, and he got to the point where he's saying if i throw straw on the ground that's carbon right and i pee on it that's nitrogen that will start composting exactly so when you feel heat in there now it there's other things that we're going to lean you into like trying to get a diversity of materials right that's important so it's not just getting grass clippings if you can get some of those things everybody calls weeds get a variety of as many let's say green materials as you can get a variety but some of these academics they're wanting michelle to put in exact measurements of this and that. Look, we've made so much compost. We know how to do it, but I understand at the same time, they got to also assume that the person that's making this stuff has never done it before. So there are these people just keep in mind, I'm saying this all the way around because I know I, I read your emails. I read every last one of them. I may not always be able to respond folks. In fact, if I don't, chances are I'm probably responding in this podcast in some way or another, because we're getting so much, um, People are reaching out so much that I can't always do it. I can't always um, respond to everybody out there. But believe me, I'm at least reading them. So know that. But a lot of you are reaching out saying, hey, man, um, you know, you sound like you're throwing in the towel. Don't do that. Just try another angle. It's like the great Chesty Puller once said. They were in war, and he's like, okay, we need to retreat. He said, we don't retreat. We just fight in another direction. So, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, it's, it's all a matter of framing. It's all a matter of framing. And that's what the great Bill Mullison was good at. Like you don't have a cricket problem, you get a lack of turkey or chicken problem. And it goes the same way when it comes to these people where you might've followed some person's directions. You may have thought they were right on. Look, they, they may not have lied to you. It just may, may be a method that only works where they are. Yeah. Or there's some of these people that want so badly to be famous that they got to put a twist on something that worked perfectly the way it was. Yeah. Joel Salatin runs into that a lot, especially with this, uh, chicken tractor design. Yeah. Or is it? A, yeah. Yep. Is that yep. what he calls it? Yep. His, uh, chicken tractor, um, people will go out there. He made it and he refined it a certain way. Now we adjusted it, um, because we had a journeyman carpenter build it for us. Right. He knocked off some weight, still made it able to stick on the ground when the wind's coming. But, you know, that's coming from a journeyman carpenter that had years of experience and knew exactly what he was doing. But also, on that design, we had dogs break in. Yes. Which I don't think would have happened had they been steel panels. Yeah. Or like the panels that, uh, or I don't know if they're aluminum or steel. I know one of them is at least steel. But if we had we used the panels that, you know, were in the recipe, I don't think the dogs would have been able to break into there. Well, they did actually on that one. But we made, I mean, the thing is, follow the recipe right off the bat if you don't know what you're doing. And don't tweak anything until you got a little bit of experience. But there's so many people that tweak it right out of the gate. If you doubt me, go to Food Network right now. <laughs> go Google it. It's been my biggest pet peeve ever since I remember learning how to cook. And I don't care what the recipe is. Go read the comments on the bottom of that recipe. And here's what you're going to find. And it happens every single recipe without a doubt. Look, okay, for example, I didn't have butter, so I used margarine. I didn't have olive oil, so I used canola oil. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. And then you'll write this, you know, and this person who changed 50% of the recipe will write a nasty critique at the bottom of it, but you never did the recipe. Folks, that 
is one of the biggest things we run into in consultations, you name it, is that instead of just following the recipe, people are tweaking things. And this is why I cover zoning so much, where we talk about this over and over and over again. You're finding out why you hate, um, for example, you're saying, man, I love, I would love to love farming, but it takes me so long to do it. Well, you zoned everything in the wrong place. Yeah. And you put things on the basis of feeling instead of a function where the two can really overlap, but you got to remove yourself from it. That's why it's always important to get somebody else involved. So what I'm really trying to point out here, y'all, this is a profound value. At first, if you don't already have a ton of experience doing this, follow the recipe and then tweak it based on what you find out doing that. So I wanted to spend a lot of time on that. Um, Also, another thing I wanted to point out there, y'all, there's a guy um, good night, man. He makes the, I know this is going to sound stupid, but you've heard us talk about him before. It's called the slothful waffle. And as he was leaving that last event out there at the, it's back a food the truck, land, it's a food way. truck. Yeah. And this dude makes these waffles that'll knock your socks off. Well, um, I'm hoping they put together, I mean, he got into a wreck and basically this thing that he was working three jobs to try to get off the ground, basically just went, you know, it's in, it's in tatters right now. So, um, what we're hoping is that this guy, if you, if you just put some prayers out there for him, he's got a baby on the way has, you know, he's trying as best he can to really make, you know, something for him, for his family. So he's one of those people out there, put some prayers out there for him. If he ever has a GoFundMe or something like that to try to get him back on his feet, y'all, I'd like to support him. So, um, for now, just put out some prayers and I'm going to reach out to him and see what, what we can do as an audience, as a as a people, because he really had something that was, I mean, son, you had his yeah, stuff. Yeah, his waffles are off the hook. Yeah. I mean, off the absolute hook. And he only brings 150 because that's all he could do um, and not lose quality. So the guy really had, I'm mean, you're thinking, well, how big a deal is waffles? Well, it's a big deal. It's y'all. a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. That's what I'm talking about. It's a big deal, especially when he's, he consistently shows up to these festivals. Like, it's not, um, it, believe it or not, it's a hard thing to find to find a food truck that will say they will be at a location and actually show up to that location. And he's willing to do it. And to show up and produce a product that something as humble as a waffle, you're thinking, how good could it be? Yeah. This guy has a singular focus on making the best waffles on the planet. Well, that's indicative of what everybody here is doing. Everybody in the sound of my voice, that's exactly what you're doing. In one way or another, whether it's your job that you're trying to find your way out of it, or it's a homestead that you're trying to make this thing really, really something special. Well, this is just an extension of it. And it's just heartbreaking when you see somebody put so much effort into doing something that is truly worthwhile to have it all dashed apart. So um, I'm going to be praying for this guy, and I hope you do too, to you know see him back on his feet. All right, other farm news. So in addition to the um, meditation that we've been doing, um, I'm finding things in this thing that are, that, go- that are going to fly right in the face of my Christian ethic, and I'm not going to take part in it. But there's parts of it that I can use. And those things, like we said a moment ago, I'll, I'll absorb what I think is useful. And if there's other things that just don't fly with me, then I'm not going to do it. But another little thing that I'm finding out there that's absolutely free, I just sent a link, I sent a link off to Pastor Lon, which, we're, by the way, we're not going to have a download from Pastor Lon today because we're recording this earlier because William has to get on the road and do some stuff, um, and we're not going to have him later. We usually record these at night, so typically the people that normally contribute are not going to be on this program which is cool. Uh, we'll get them on the next one. But I sent Pastor Lon this thing, this documentary about grounding. I've been looking into it, and I've had all these data points out there telling me, look into this grounding, look into it, look into it. And it's been bombarding me. I can't go through all of it right now, but it is extraordinary how many different ways I've been hit up about this. And so there's a lot of information out there, or at least there's becoming a lot of information out there. People that are curing themselves of, of some pretty diabolical um, things, things that are finding, you know, whether it's, I mean, you name it, they're being cured. So really it's as simple as going out there, putting your feet on the ground. You know, I wear boots all day and I work in places where you can't really go barefoot or traditionally you can't. So I'm going to be doing more of that. I've done a little bit of it this morning and I'm going to start doing more of it. That Wrangler star, some of you guys might know who he is, but he's out there chopping wood barefoot. Now, he gets comments about it all the time, I'm sure. 
But yeah, he's out there chopping wood barefoot. Now, there are certain things that in a matter of safety, I'm just not going to do. The benefit of doing that, yeah, I, I'm starting to believe because I have little experience myself. And I did a little bit of it before this program because I had a serious anxiety going on. And I didn't meditate. I didn't do any of that stuff. So I did a tiny bit of my Bible study to get in here and do this because, we got, like I said, there's a lot of things. I'll get it done. I just didn't do it. You know, normally I like to give the Lord my first fruits. And sometimes you just get so doggone busy that it doesn't go down the way you want. So I'll get it done on the back end. But the point of it being is that there are healing modalities out there that the powers that shouldn't be don't want you to know about. So I'm going to encourage everybody, go out there, give it a shot. I mean, what's the worst that happens? Get dirty feet, and that's about it. Get dirty feet. I mean, I, I can. it's like this, like Ed Milet had a doctor on there once, and he was talking about, hey, have you ever, I'm sure Eric Sider has done this stuff and does it all the time. I'm sure Eric oh, knows yeah. everything about this stuff. I haven't even asked him, but I'll bet money because he's always looking for ways outside the box, natural healing modalities outside the box. Um, I'll bet 10 to one. He knows everything there is to know about this stuff. Well, I'm just new to this and I'm giving it a shot, but the times in the past where I've done this, um, I gotta be honest. The last time I really did this, my friend will at the earthship Academy, uh, we were out in the desert in Arizona and he encouraged me to do this and I did it and I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it, but I slept like a million bucks that night Yeah, just by spending a day out in the desert, walking around barefoot. Okay. So um, ground conductivity in the desert isn't wonderful, but I believe it's, I mean, it's got to be good enough. It's a lot better here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where my ground conductivity is really going to be good here. But then this doctor, back to this Ed Milet, he was talking about how you got to be insane to not do this. Yeah. And um, he brought up something that really struck out to me. He was talking about, you know, nobody's ever really done a study on it, or at least he wasn't aware of it of how much violence actually happens at a beach because most people on the beach are walking around barefoot. Yeah. And when you're in water, it makes it even more pronounced, um, especially salt water. And it sure is curious that during this whole pandemic that they were encouraging people not to go to the beach. Right. Well, like you said, how many fights have you ever seen happen at a beach at a place where ordinarily you got people in very close proximity you got people walking around scantily clad in a lot of places, but everybody's chill. Everybody's laid back. And his, his um, well, I guess you could say theory, is that because everybody is so well grounded at the beach that nobody's tripping. It might be a good, I mean, that might be it, yeah. And when you're right. in that salt water, you have all these different healing modalities that are making you better, which is probably part of the reason why they were saying don't go in the water, you know? Yeah, that might be it. So anyway, I'm going to encourage everybody, go out there, let us know. if you Look, email me if you have experience with this stuff. I really want to know because I'm looking into it, and I'm going to start doing a lot more of it. And I'm going to start doing my meditations while being grounded, and I'm going to see what happens here. Um I'm going to pray like I did this morning. I did a little bit of my Bible study and did a little deep breathing while being grounded. So, um, And it really did kind of bring me to center. I just know I didn't do it long enough because we had to get in here and do this. So, y'all, coming up very soon, we don't have a download from Pastor Lon, but I want to remind you, this weekend coming up, Farm Where You Live, that's going to be October 7th. Um, if you're anywhere in the area in South Carolina, go check it out. they got a good website, a lot of good teachers there. You're going to want to check out. Also, coming up very soon, Mountain Pre uh, mountain Readiness, that's going to be October 20th through the 22nd. I'm going to be unveiling one of my latest courses, and it's going to be on homestead knot tying. Yeah, you're thinking, how exciting could that be? If When you go there, you're going to see how exciting the permaculture pimp daddy makes it because you're going to be blown away, I think, with some of the stuff that I provide. Um, I did a smattering of this class before just recently at a former farm where you live where I did it with just scrap ropes, and the kids were absolutely in love with it. Right. So this is for kids and also adults. If I can do it there with some scrap ropes, you're going to be blown. Your mind's going to be blown when you see what I can do with real stuff and being prepared for it because I, it was more of an impromptu class. Also, Kentucky Sustainable Living, October 28th and 29th. I'm going to be there as well, and I hope you're going to be there too. Um, we're going to be doing a fundraiser there for Vets for Child Rescue. Folks, you want to be there um, I bought two tickets myself, um, and I can't wait for it. So just about every dime into that thing is going to go for Vets for Child Rescue. We just interviewed Jason and Shelly the other day, so go back and check out that interview. Really, really, really good stuff. 
All right, we're going to jump straight into the good news. Go check out the Homesteading Pastor, even though I don't have a download of him. Uh, not this weekend. That's Pastor Lon over there at Homesteading Pastor on YouTube. Let me get a drink of water. All right. Yeah, I usually do my water drinking in between these segments. So remember, we did away with the bad news, and we're going to go straight into the good news. Now, this one, this first one is going to sound like bad news, but I'm going to say it's good news, and I'm going to tell you why. Now, right now, there's an expert doctor. He's saying, I mean, good night, man. He's saying COVID shots have damaged over a million American hearts. That's just in America, y'all. That's 100 million. 100 million. Good night. And this is Dr. Thomas Levy. He's saying a minimum of 7 million Americans now have damaged heart hearts with COVID-19 vaccines. vaccines. The reason why I'm saying this is good news is that it's finally getting out. And we've talked before about some of these products out there that are getting people on the straight and narrow when it comes to fixing their hearts. Now, I've talked about this cardio miracle. I don't get anything for it, y'all. I use it every single day, twice a day. And um, I didn't take the shot or anything like that, but I know a lot of people did. The reason why I'm saying this is good news, and instead of people just kind of sleepwalking into a heart attack or whatever, then maybe you can go out there, get, get a hold of some of this cardio miracle, which the real thing is um, an active thing that's happening in there is basically nitrous oxide. And Eric Sider provided me a bunch of links. I wish I had thought about linking them to this show. He provided a bunch of links of uh, how you can make this stuff at home with beetroot powder. Yeah. And um, so there's ways you can do it in a more inexpensive way. But that's one way of doing it because it's more of a multivitamin mixed into it. The reason I'm saying this is good news is that, okay, if you made the mistake of taking this thing and you have any problems or you know anybody that has, there are people out there that are providing solutions so you don't necessarily have to, you know, go into that dusty death necessarily. There are ways to get yourself on the straight and narrow. And part of it is uh, using nitrous oxide. So I'm going to call that good news because at least people are now finding out. Now, there are people out there um, that no matter what, no, matter, no amount of evidence can shatter a faith based on a lie. So you got those people out there that are, that are doubling down. Uh, one of them being that one lady. I mean, total basket case, man. Um, you want me to say the name? Yeah, I remember you can if you the want. Park Rose Permaculture Woman? Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, my heart goes out to her and her kids. I mean, she did a video a while back, and it popped up in my feed. I've not subscribed. And honestly, I do listen to her from time to time because I want to know what some of these people are saying. And I feel bad for her and her family. She just did a video, I think, and uh, she's telling people just got COVID twice in a week. Well, you're all jabbed up. Shouldn't you have avoided all that? If you got it twice in the week, isn't it just the same thing? And what happened to just a cold? What happened to, like, the flu? Yeah. What happened to that kind of stuff? Yeah, she's saying it, and she got her family all jabbed up, and she's got this one daughter, and they're on a hike a while back in one of her videos, and her daughter says, I mean, she's out of breath. And she's like, yeah, ever since COVID, I just have no stamina. Well, you don't have any stamina. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, man, don't get me started on this. So there's there are the, that segment that's going to double down. And I'm being very careful with my words here, y'all. There's going to be that segment that doubles down, but if you're not part of that segment, and let's say because of their fear it worked on you, there are healing modalities out there. I've probably talked about one there. Deep breathing is probably going to help. Grounding, probably going to help. Nitrous oxide, probably going to help. All those pilots out there that were getting messed up, well, they were getting themselves better using that cardio miracle. Yeah. On a, on a little side note, I saw a clip on YouTube the other day. And it was this lady who was saying conspiracy theorists are literally just people who checked one day. Like they were yeah, told something, I like didn't that. make any sense, and then they just checked. And that, that was it. Yeah, but you have people that are going to double down and say, I mean, I can't do anything for those folks, and neither can you. But what I'm saying is the reason I'm calling that good news is that if there's a record number of people coming out of the matrix, and instead of saying, oh, pointing my finger at you, oh, remember you talking all that junk while I wouldn't wear a mask? Remember all this? Look, I'm not going to do that. And it flies right in the face uh, with my Christian ethic. I'm not going to do that. Um, look, if you found yourself on the wrong side of this thing and you're saying, look, I need a way to heal, there are people out there doing that. Dr. Carrie Madday, um, shoot. I mean, there's a number of doctors out there. She's the one that's jumping out right now. Um, there's a number of doctors out there that have come up with ways to basically make this stuff inert. Um and, you know, if anybody's interested, let me know and I'll start, I'll give you the names of all these places where you can go find healing, but you're going to have these other people that are going to just double down and say, look, I don't want to know, put their finger in their, in their ears and say, nah, 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 I don't yeah. want to hear you. I'm not yeah. listening. So if that's what you are, look, there's nothing I can do to help, 
but there are healing modalities out there. So go check them out. Talked about a few of them. All right, another good news. Uh, Democratic Representative Henry Queller, or Quaylar, uh, now says he doesn't believe in defunding the police after being carjacked in D.C. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. How about that? How about that? You know, it's funny how these people are anti-whatever until it happens to them. Yeah, it, it's almost like they live in some mime world where they built this imaginary protective wall and, like, nobody else knew about that wall. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing that's crazy is that, you know, he lives in one of these swanky places of D.C. or Virginia, wherever it happened, and then they basically roll up to him, say, okay, hands up, cash out, yeah. hand over the keys, and then they jack this dude. He's lucky to walk away with his life, but it'll be these same people that are anti-self-defense in the terms of your Second Amendment until it happens to them. I yep. remember... You have one of those morons that was on The View. Uh, what is her name? Rosie O'Donnell. Okay. Anti got. I remember got Tom Selleck on her show back when she had a show. Come down on him like a ton of bricks on the Second Amendment. Tom Selleck handed her her butt. And then later on, it comes out. Of course, it doesn't get a wide acclaim. But turns out that she hires armed private security to take her kids to school. Yeah, there's security at every single one of those whatever Democratic uh, meetings or whatever or press conferences or anything like that. There's security there. Every there's somebody there with a gun every time, every single time, but they're okay having their private security, but they're not okay. You having your security, you don't want cops out there until you get jacked. So just keep in mind, it's lunatics like this that we're actually voting into office. So I'm going to call that in the good news column. What's your vote, son? I'd say that's good news. Yeah. Other good news. And it kind of flies on the heels of that. Well, this one here came from Natural News. America's slowly starting to figure out the myth of authority. Well, you know, it's funny that a new survey, I can go into all the what fors and whatevers, but in a nutshell, these, like I said before, the crucible of really hard times has a way of making people wake up. Yeah. And they're waking up in record numbers. And they're realizing that the powers that shouldn't be really don't have any stroke over you, as uh, Tag always says, from Life Done Free. They don't have stroke on you unless you mentally believe that they do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So let's think about this. USDA, FDA, whatever the case may be. Okay. So let's say you're going to bring your pigs in or your cow in to go get worked over. And then they're going to give it back to you in plastic. Well, you're doing that because they say you have to. Yep. Well, let's say I have a handshake deal with little Billy Bubba down the street. He wants a pig. So let's say I sell him a pig. Pig just happens to be alive. Let's say he comes to get it. It just happens to be under plastic. Okay. Did I break a law? Okay. There's such a things in this world as unjust laws and I ain't playing along. I, I don't think he broke a law. Maybe, maybe that part wasn't discussed. Maybe there was a miscommunication as to, you know, how this pig was going to arrive. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to obey unjust laws. You tell me it's a law that I can't be armed. Well, guess what? I ain't playing that law yeah. or I won't go to the places that tell me I got to be unarmed. Um, maybe there are places I've been where you got to be unarmed. Maybe I was armed. There was this just recently, there was this, uh, YouTube influencer guy. He, he's one of those guys that goes out into public and then messes with people and films their reaction. Well, one guy, he was messing with this food delivery guy in like a mall or something like that. The food delivery guy is trying to get away from him, ends up shooting the guy in the chest the the food delivery guy didn't get in trouble for shooting him in the chest, but he got in trouble for discharging a firearm in a public place. Wow. How do you still get charged with that? Like, you, okay, they, they determined it was self-defense, but you're still going to get in trouble for defending yourself. Well, that's exactly what it comes down to is that it has got to be, and when you're this far down the matrix down or you're chained to the bottom of Plato's cave, it takes tragedy, sadly, in most cases, for people to wake up. Yeah. And sadly, as bad as things are getting right now in some of these big cities, people are waking up. I would just like to see somebody defend themselves, be able to defend themselves, and walk away scot-free. Absolutely. And just like, that's the end of it. They defended themselves, they don't get in trouble for doing so, and they just go on about their lives. Well, like that guy said, try that in a small town because those are the only places where you're gonna where that's gonna happen. Yeah. You go out there, don't start no SH and there won't be no IT. That's how it goes. I mean, that's really how it goes in these parts right here. You come out here tripping, you know, all these people that do all these crazy things, they do it 
either in cities, sometimes small towns, but there are cases where small towns fight back and say, no, you ain't doing that here. Yeah, It ain't happening here. And a lot of times it starts with your sheriff. All right, y'all, when we get back to it, we're going to jump straight into the main topic. Oh, yeah, I want to give a hat tip to Van Tesla, particularly my boy Joel over there, Joel Thomas. You can check him out at Kill the Mockingbirds, handles the music for us. They actually have a, a whole festival coming up here in Ohio here soon. Yeah. Uh, like 14 Airwaves, I the think. The 14 Airwaves Festival, yeah. I'd yeah. love to be able to go up there and check that thing out. Um, before we get into it, y'all, EMP Shield, 50 bucks off with promo code PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. Remember, lightning is the number one problem you're going to have out there when it comes to your house. But... They cover you for EMP shield. The cool thing about the EMP shield is that when you put it on your house at your main panel, any lightning gets through y'all and it blows up anything downstream 25 G's is what they're going to pay. So make sure you check them out. Um, also son, what I was trying to communicate during the break is that our outro music you used as the transition music, but it's all good. Oh, I, like I got what tune. you're saying. I like that tune anyway. Yeah. So it's all good. Um, a little bit of, I want to get into this main topic, y'all. And like I said, we always discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. So, I've heard a couple of podcasts where people mistakenly believe that just because you live, we kind of halfway touched on it a little bit, that just because you live rurally, that all of a sudden, I'm going to use a word that I don't like. It's not that I don't like it, it's just misused, and it's prepper. Anything that ends in the ER, if you think about it, y'all, birther, prepper, truther, anything ER, the powers that shouldn't be have turned into a pejorative. Well, I'm going to take it back today because instead of saying prepper, I usually say preparedness or something like that. Yeah. Something that they haven't yet bastardized. So um, just because you live in the country doesn't make you a prepper. And there are tons of people out there that mistakenly believe that you're prepared just because you don't live in a big city. Son, what, what, just right off the bat, what's the biggest problem you see for the people that have, quote, gone country? They pack up, they move out, they go into boonies somewhere, and um, they think they're prepared. They're, I mean, like the isolation part, that can be a good thing, and it can also be a bad thing if you're not, you know, actually prepared. I mean, you're further, you're, you're further away from all resources. You're further away from all kinds of like a uh, communication or contact with the people. Um, I mean like, and, and that's a good or bad thing. You know what I mean? Like if you have a community, like let's say you live maybe in the suburbs versus the country, you might have a community of four or five people where you're like, or your HOA or something like that. I know that might not make sense, but your HOA might be a preparedness type uh, community that's not in a rural area and that gives you a little bit more security than just being by yourself unprepared in the country here's one of the biggest things we come across is so many people just like joel talks about in his latest book the homesteading tsunami we have record numbers getting into this space people mistakenly now look i'm not dogging you remember we never offer a problem without solutions so just keep in mind stay tuned because we're going to offer those as well so we have record numbers selling a place in the city, going to the country and, Oh, got this big sigh of relief. Right. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm good to go now. Yes. And no, let me give you a little, let me give you a couple of statistics here. Okay. And they vary. I mean, don't hold my feet to the fire here. I'm, I'm dealing with this from memory, but it still kind of stands. Okay. During the great depression, you had basically eight to 10 million people died during that at a time in America where, Really, 10% lived in the city and 90%, depending on the numbers you look at, lived, lived rurally or didn't live in big cities. They may have lived in towns, but they weren't big cities. Only 10%. And you still, despite those numbers, had 8 to 10 million people die of starvation or re diseases related to it. That's at a time in America where that happened. Now, yeah. dig these numbers. And it might have come from um, William Forston. I can't remember when, but... These numbers are a few years old, but they got to be even worse now. 
Now, keep in mind, 90% live in cities these days. 10% live rurally. Of that 10%, less than 1% are anywhere close to self-sufficient. Right. Those numbers are staggering. So let me go back to you folks that are moving to the country and you're thinking, oh, shoot, I'm prepared. Yeah, you you did a great thing getting out there. Do you know what it's like if the power is off in the country? Do you know what it's like to have utter blackness out there where there's almost no moonlight at night? Because honestly, that's one of the things that's going to get more people jacked up if power ever goes off. Yeah, yeah. Is that the utter total blackness. If you're not accustomed to that, it takes you a little while to get accustomed. So think about that. Or the flip side, throwing on a light in the total utter blackness. <laughs> right. It makes you a beacon. So you got to be careful about those things. But that's more deeper preparedness kind of stuff. But he's absolutely correct. So that's why I've always been critical of all these people that go around with these headlamps. Yeah, it's a good thing. But at the same time, in a preparedness quotient, it's the worst thing in the world. Right. Yeah. And yeah, like like Dad was saying, you're just blinding everybody else around you. Yeah, you're killing their night vision. But at the same time, any would-be um, people that are looking to go make an easy kill or steal, what you're stu- you know, steal whatever you have, you just put a calling card out there for them. But and a bullseye. There you go. There you go. I mean, that's why I've been really, really critical on these things. Um, we can talk about that in a later podcast because that's something else I want to cover. But you found yourself, you moved to the country. Okay, son, let's um, let's go ahead and kick the ball on over to you because this is really going to be, this is really going to demonstrate part of the solution. Okay. Okay, so when you go out and you do a consultation for somebody, this is your own method. What do you tell them to do before they do any kind of work? <laughs> the first thing I tell them to do is get six months of food put back for each member of their their family. And the reason I say six months, it can definitely be way more than six months. But the reason I say that is because around this area, that's like the longest you have to wait before you can get your next harvest. Yeah. So that's in this area. Um, also no matter water. the season and stuff like that. Also yeah. water. You yeah. know, you're going to make sure you're going to need water to drink. So, um, you know, that's something else you want to make sure you have a, a, a steady stock of. So if I had a nickel for all the people I know that have moved to the country, they went out there, they got cows, got sheep, got pigs, and sadly, they got them all at the same time. But you didn't put an ounce worth of effort into what if it happens tomorrow, you know. I don't have anything in the pantry. Dry goods are still pretty doggone cheap, even though they're more expensive yeah. than they've ever been. You can still buy a 50-pound bag of rice for 25 bucks. Now, that's considerably more than what it was just a couple of months ago, but it's still available. So, other things. Living in the country, a lot of people will make that move. They already have their guns. They got their bullets, but they don't have their beans. So, think about that, folks. I know there's record numbers getting into this space. But if things were to jump off, you made yourself an even bigger casualty if you're out in the country and you're not even slightly prepared. But everybody also has their guns and their bullets. And they're also going to be trying to hunt anything that moves. That's right, including you. Yeah, how long does it take to get before cannibalism? Depending on which actuarial numbers you look at, you got about, in in an ideal circumstance, let's say they just cut the power, everything went out, EMP, something like it. And this is why I prepare for EMP, because if you're prepared for an EMP, you're prepared for pretty much everything else, um, no matter what it is. So let's say lights go out. You want to be on the first thing smoking to your secure location. You got about 72 hours before people really start figuring out that, hey, help ain't coming, and they'll beat you over the head for the water bottle in your hand. Right. So you got, you better figure out what it is, make move considerably. Now, you want to make sure that you get to that place as quickly as possible. And then all of a sudden, after 72 hours, that situation that was manageable just became a tactical situation. Well, it's a tactical situation either way. But now it's a tactical situation where it could be life and death. Yeah. So you better get to where you're going pretty quick. That's why I talk about EMP shields on your car. No, you're not going to the club. You're getting to your secure location, whether it's your bug out location, whether it's your house. But if you're like most of the people that move to the country, you just got back to your house, but you ain't got nothing. Yeah. yeah. You, got, you got bullets. Okay, let's say you got all the people that tell me, and it drives me crazy, oh, I'm just going to go hunting. Huh. Okay, most of the people that tell me that have never never spilled blood in their lives. Or how many 
have you how many have put back salt something as basic as salt Thank yeah you, you can do all the hunting you want but have you ever had deer without salt ain't that good <laughs> have you ever tried to salt pack anything what you're gonna learn these skills after it jumps off yeah but like william said and this is please please if you don't take anything else away from this podcast because i sat there talking to michelle about this very thing on the way home yesterday and i knew i was going to talk about it today is if you do nothing else if you find yourself in the country prepare as if things may jump out the jump off the next day because you don't yet have this collection of skills you haven't yet put anything together so to insulate yourself and your family think about it okay do i have beans and bullets so i have dry goods put back okay check got that squared away yep probably got bullets if you don't get more it, you always need more do i have salt that's pretty doggone important it's still very available and still very cheap do I have salt? Do I have all the other spices? I'm just talking about the high points, y'all. Um, do I have one of the most important things that I need in a survival situation that nobody ever talks about? What is that, son? Fat. Fat, yeah. Fat. So before you're able to procure, it's the hardest thing to find in nature. Carbs and protein, easier to find, but fat's the hardest. Do you have a source of fat you can put back that's shelf-stable, whether it's lard, whether it's coconut oil, whether it's any number of things that you could put back in terms of fat. Now you want to avoid those liquid fats for long term because they're going to go rancid. So you want to see if there's some shelf stable fat that you can get out there. Once you get yourself stocked up on that, then worry about the other things around you. Okay. It's like literally trying to drive a car with no gas in the tank. Yeah. So get those things squared away because there are literally record numbers out there. And I talk to you at these festivals and I'm pleading with you folks do the most basic things before you want to become a farmer, become a prepper. And I mean that get yeah. your stuff put back. Do you have band-aids, beans, bullets, all those things. But I can't even begin to tell you the number of people that are getting into this space and you don't have six months of food put back, but you went out and got yourself chickens. Okay. Kudos for that. But you need to take a step back, take a break, regroup, and get the things you most fundamentally need. If I had like no skills or anything like that in regards to any of this, I would rather be, or any kind of preparedness, I would rather be unprepared in a suburban or urban environment than I would be unprepared in a country environment. Absolutely, because your resources, your availability of resources are way yeah. more available. Way more available. I'm right there with you, son. Yeah. Being in the country just made you a bigger casualty. If you don't know what you're a doing. A quiet out there. casualty. Yeah. Nobody even knew. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? At least there is a, a chance that in that urban environment, you might be able to link up with some people. And that might have done some preparedness that you might be able to offer some value adding to what they have. Or you're just able to wade things out until like some of your neighbors didn't. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like you might just be able to outlast certain people. Another thing I'm going to suggest here, y'all, and he's coming up right next. Um, he's coming up next, and that's Keith Chef Snow. Chef Snow. Yeah. Harvest Eating, man. Go check him out. Great website, great podcast, and he offers a resource over there that you really ought to buy because let's say you got these beans and bullets. Well, wouldn't you like to know from a chef, yeah, a real deal <laughs> chef, what to do with these things? It didn't just, yeah, you can live on this stuff, but if you can kind of Live a little more luxuriously. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> go check him out. In fact, we got Chef Snow coming up right now. Hey, Chef Keith Snow with HarvestEating.com. Wanted to answer a question that was sent in by Zeb. I'm going to read it to you first. Good morning. I'm looking to purchase some whole chickens, which they will ship frozen. I want to piece them out for meals. Would it be okay to thaw out in the fridge piece them out and refreeze the raw pieces. I'm not planning to use yet for months down the road. Now that's a very good question. And there are generally three ways in which people defrost foods. Um, the method he described is thawing in the refrigerator. That generally is going to be your safest bet. So when something is frozen, it is well below zero in your freezer. You put it in your refrigerator, which is typically between 37 and 40. Um, you don't want it over 40, that's for sure. Um, but typically they, they hover around between 37 and 40, and that is a safe way to thaw out a chicken. Likely will take a good two days for it to thaw, so keep an eye on it. Once it's thawed, yes, you can cut it up and um, repackage it, and you want to get that thing refrozen 
basically within 48 hours and it will be fine no problem when people thaw things out quickly in cold water or running water that's how we do it in the restaurant business we will put protein that's frozen into a large container in a very deep sink and we will run um, cold water over it and the process of the water circulating and dumping out takes the heat with it thaws out very quickly However, it is not the safest way to do it if you plan on refreezing. Um, some people also thaw things out in the microwave, which is an absolute disaster. I definitely don't recommend that. I mean, I think in my entire life, I've used the microwave to def uh, defrost dog food maybe two or three times again in my entire life. So um, I don't advise that. But yes, Zeb, you can do that. And I want to encourage the rest of you PimpCast listeners to send in your culinary questions. Also, um, food preparation and food storage questions. And I definitely want to encourage you all to check out foodstoragefeast.com. Thanks again and take care. That's what I'm talking about, y'all. So take these resources we put in there. Look, I don't get paid, any, paid anything for doing this. So don't think that I'm doing it because, oh, you get something on the back end. No, I openly tell you who our advertisers are on this program. And um, so, yeah, I mean, these are you don't have to do it. You can go out there and suck it up. But honestly, you got a fallen chef like Keith Snow yeah. that's uh, willing to hold your hand throughout the whole process. So go check out his stuff over there. Um, in fact, I got to spend a little time and do it myself. All right, before we get into the Q&A section, I want to remind everybody, Heaven's Harvest, if you need one, freeze dryer, go check it out down below. Use our link. It helps us out a great deal. So on to the Q&A. Check this out. Steven says, honorable pimps, if you ever hear outside working on your farm and you feel the earth shudder, it's the energy of a thousand other people out there yelling the word, bam, in unison with Billy as we tune into the newest podcast. Steven, Texas kettle corn guy. Thanks so much, man. Man, uh, got one on the fountain app from uh, Strider 47. Yeah, Uncle Billy didn't think he was going to go sideways on this one, but he did. It's all right. We enjoyed the journey. Hashtag permaculture tip of the day. Hashtag tip of pimp. What was that regarding? Unplugging from the news hysteria. That, yeah. That episode, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, went a little sideways. Yeah, but uh, thank you for understanding. All right. So Brandon says, hey, Billy, just watched a toxic masculinity video. Man, I can't believe how many people reached out regarding that. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, not only in the video, but especially emails. So it touched a, it touched a lot of people out there, and they were like saying amen on that. He says, regarding your cell phone spying comment, yes, they do spy on you. Uh, these are the steps we take to stop it. I replaced the Google operating system, spyware, uh, with a private one for the family and friends. And when you say um, be a blessing to a people, that really speaks to me. And thank you so much for that, uh, Brandon. Yeah, there's other uh, Eric Sider just sent me. I mean, like I said, Eric, the consummate Man. researcher. Um, and it's like he's he's just tapped in in so many different ways. He's, he's one like of those Q from James Bond. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's like yeah, Q. Eric's like Q for this program yeah. for sure, man. Um, and um, I'm telling y'all, not only is one of those people that he's that rare combination of a person who will put things together in his head, but also puts them together in R and D on the ground and actually does it. But he was actually sending me a link. And I told him about Mike Adams doing a lot of talk about this sort of thing. A phone, uh, man, I think maybe it's a light phone. Well, is that it? I don't know for sure. I'm not looking at it right at the present moment, but I'll have to send a link to you that maybe we can get on here and talk about this thing, where it's doing the very same thing, where it doesn't have any other operating BS. Yeah, it, it's like just a phone. Yeah, but at the end of the day, um, the NSA under the Telecommunications Act of I believe 1996. He's tapping in on everything that's going across these landlines. So, yeah, yeah um, glad to hear that there's other solutions out there. Got one from Libertas91. Uh, go to the Arctic Circle. Okay, this is the uh, in reference to the episode you did with the Firmamental podcast. <laughs> go to the Arctic Circle, watch the sun dance around you on the horizon for 360 degrees. Then tell me we're not rotating. Measure the hours of daylight at various latitudes throughout the year. Nothing they vary... Uh, noting that they vary accordingly. Explain the seasons being opposite of one another in the north and southern hemispheres. Billy, you are an electrician. How are magnetic fields generated? Those aren't, um, I guess to address that statement, uh, those are questions we still have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only I mean, observation I'm making and saying doesn't make any sense is the actual, like the measurements. The measurements don't add yes. up. Yes. 
Yes. Like that's that's the issue that I have is that the measurements don't add up. And then the uh the reasoning we're given for being able to see these distances is what they're saying, like refraction. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Like just from a basic freshman year science class high school, that doesn't make any sense. No, I mean, and as far as magnetism, I mean Mike Adams was just talking about this the other day in his own podcast where he's like, I mean, truth of it is we don't fully really understand magnetism. Um, we're giving some theories out there. Um, look, I mean, folks, I'm going to say this again. I still have not rendered a decision on where I stand on this whole thing. What I'm saying, William just basically said, said it all right there. You're telling me these are the calculations for earth uh, curvature, but they don't add up. The numbers don't add up. That's all I'm saying. I didn't, I didn't examine this for myself to come down. I didn't do the grammar, logic, and rhetoric or particularly the grammar, to find out the who, what, where, and when. But also, all it does is build even bigger questions behind all the things you just asked. Like, okay, if the measurement is off, then... It, well, also, the Arctic Circle, None, I don't. very few of us have actually been there and actually stayed there for a full year to watch that. You can say it's on video and all that stuff, but, like... All that does is raise bigger questions. Like if the measurement is off and it's not off by a little bit, it's off by a lot. Yeah. Then how are the magnetic fields generated? How are the seasons? Like how do these times line up with the latitudes and stuff like that? You know, like because they are for sure way off on this measurement. You know, like Randy, he brought me back to earth on something one time and he was right. Randy, uh, Jason uh, Contreras over at um, uh, So the Land, his yeah. father-in-law, one of the wisest people I know, and he's just got this way. Every time you're around him, I swear you're going to learn something. Randy, you know, he kind of brought it back to this. He's like, yeah, it's cool to conjecture about all this stuff. But at the end of the day, um, don't don't lose the forest for the trees in terms of, look, at the end of the day, let's talk about Jesus. Yeah. And really, yeah, are they lying to us about everything? Yeah. Have I done the work on this flat earth stuff? Like I said, can't render an opinion because I haven't done the work. I haven't done the grammar, logic, and rhetoric. I haven't. All I know is that all the numbers I'm officially told by quote scientists yeah. is inaccurate. It ain't right. So somebody's lying, and uh, have yet to work it out. But like like Randy said, at the end of the day, chickens still need to be fed. <laughs> there you go. At the end of the day, I mean, you got to remember the most fundamental things. But yeah, it just goes in line with everything I've been officially told is proven to have been a lie. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And the only thing I'm 100% sure of is that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. Yep. And that's through examination for myself. All right. So we got one from uh, one of my buddies in Oki, uh, Oklahoma Stetter. Uh, that's his name. Uh, it goes by Jeff. Hey, Billy. Just first wanted to say I'm a huge fan of the channel. Um, we just started a channel, and it's and I've been homesteading my whole life. Your latest video about toxic, toxic masculinity made me want to reach out and say hello. Uh, he's also a, a homesteader, army veteran, police detective, and can really rate to relate to your videos. Oh, that's cool. Uh, one of the good guys out there. And he said, I've been told by my buddy Mike over at Fowler Family Farms, I can't say that, that you're from uh, Mustang, Oklahoma. My place is just south of there between Tuttle and Newcastle. Yeah, I know a whole lot of people over there. Um, I was actually raised in uh, South Oklahoma City and found up, found myself later on in uh, Mustang. But yeah, um, man, it's always a joy to reach out. I went to school in Mustang for like a year, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Kindergarten? Uh, no, first grade. Oh, okay. Yep. First and second grade. Oh, yeah. First that- and second grade. That was Lafayette I went to in kindergarten. Yep. Wow. Yep, I haven't was in Oklahoma, heard South of Oklahoma City. Th- thought of those names in forever. Thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, tell some of those people doing those uh, gatherings out there to reach out to a PIMP. Got some Oklahomies out there. Uh, got one from Thyticus or Thyticus uh, on the Fountain app. Rented a dump trailer and got almost 80 cubic yards of wood chips, much of it almost compost, for free from our county dump. At the transfer station, they have a giant chipper and let residents pick up chips for free from people br- uh, bringing in trees, etc., to throw away. Planting some comfrey and new trees that are coming soon wouldn't have been inspired except through y'all. Hashtag tip a pimp. Hashtag plant trees. Thank you. And he offers a really good... Um I mean, opportunity out there. I'm getting, I mean, I'm going out there filling up this truck every night over there at the local college where they chip this stuff up. And, um, and if you, if you look y'all, you can get some really, really awesome aged wood chips over there. Just remember when you're putting them out there, y'all don't work them into your soil. Just use them as on top. Don't try to work it in. 
you're going to rob all your nitrogen out of there. It's um, Just let nature handle it for you. Remember, nature puts all the fertility on top. People have tried to work it in and have problems. Yeah, let the worms do it. They're going to do a much better job than any of us can. Yeah, we got one here from Ryan. I always love hearing from Ryan. I was wondering what your thoughts are on the storing wood chips and other such carbon sources for later use in compost. Um, okay, I'm glad you brought this up because I just had this conversation with uh, Michelle the other day. And one really awesome thing that you should do, absolutely try to do, is if you're going to use those wood chips now, if you're composting, you want to use it sparingly. Um, you don't want to go too heavy on that or it's going to take a long, long time to break down or you want varying sizes of wood chips. Here's what I always recommend and you really should do, and I've been doing it, is inoculate all your wood chips with fungus. Son, you want to tell them why? Well, it's just going to start off that that breaking down process and it's also going to increase the fungal biomass in your compost when you finally do make compost. That's right. So it's already working to break it down. It's already got a foothold in there. Instead of you working on trying to build your fungus in your compost pile after the pile's built, you can already have communities established in these wood chips. So ways to go about doing that, you can go get some, go out in the woods. I mean, right now is a really good time. Yeah. Go out there, get some stuff that you need tweezers to pick up. I mean, that's always some good fungus. You can put that out there. You can inoculate it in a variety of different ways you can find online. But that is a fantastic question. But definitely, if you got wood chips, any kind of carbon material that you're going to use later, try to get it inoculated with fungus right off. And also keep it dry, right? That is you a, want to keep it covered and dry. Well, it's less consequential for uh, a fungus pot or a wood pile. Yeah. That's the only type of materials that you could like get wet. leave outside. Yeah, okay. You can leave outside, but there is a danger um, of if you see any kind of fungus on there that's like moldy, powdery, anything like that, you want to avoid it. But um, outside of that, yeah, that's a really good way of going about it. The ones that look like veins are typically good. The ones that look like cotton balls or fluff and stuff like that, typically bad. Absolutely. Uh, got one, the last one from the Fountain app uh, from Dog On It, girl. Hey, Billy, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ball and bonus. Happy birthday, Michelle. Oh, this is the one rescuing kids with Kentucky Sustainable Living. Um, we're happy to celebrate the princess of preservation, maven of the microscope, doyen of dirt, and your uber intellect with an amazing love of farm babies. I'm sending some stash toshis just because Billy had me on the floor with that new term he coined. Today, put a whole new spin on the dream of raising pigs. I was on the floor again, and I do own a chainsaw. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you so much for reaching out, man. I, it's, I mean, folks, I mean, the community we're building here is just astonishing. And we started this podcast to be able to, or Pimpcast rather, to to be able to say the things we couldn't ever get away with on YouTube. So we use YouTube mostly as a teaching modality. But right here, you know, this is where we can really build that hardcore community. Let everybody know the things that are going on out there. Kentucky Sustainable Living, man, I'm going to be there looking forward to that. And, uh, and the most important thing is, is the gathering of ourselves. When you hug each other, shake hands, meet your family, meet your kids, and you meet mine as well. So it's always a joy out there. Jay says, I uh, can't go through all of this right now. We're coming to the end of it. Good morning, Billy. Um, just finished watching the video on toxic, ma toxic masculinity. And, I mean, he's just basically saying a lot of what um, so many other people have reached out saying in terms of amen. I mean, dude, people are seeing this. And I'm going to keep talking about it. I don't care who's agitated by it. Um, there's consequences for it that are negative. Oh, well. Maybe yeah. just, you know what, doing the right thing doesn't mean you keep your job. So, um, yeah, I'm going to do the right thing. Uh, got one from big daddy Don on the YouTube channel. Hey Billy, here's an idea on the song for you and Gavin to sing, pick five of your favorite songs and let your listeners vote on which song to sing for KSL uh, festival. Um, Kentucky Sustainable Living Festival. Hey, See you great there. idea, Don. Just remember, Gavin would need a few days prior yeah. to Kentucky Sustainable Living to get prepared. Yeah, I'm sorry, Don. I've been honestly racking my brain for the last couple of days trying to figure out. That would be that is a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. Um, you got fact, you and Gavin gonna come up with a, a pimp CD? Yeah. Wait. You know what? <laughs> hey, you never know what might happen out there, like man. Like the Weird Al uh, Yankovic, like. Whatever they're called, you know what that's a better. Well, that's a be little parody, parody albums and that's stuff. It, yeah. You know, I was honestly thinking, um, 
Man, that's a much better idea than coming up with a calendar idea. I was going to get Danny from Deep South and a bunch of us others to get on there with no shirts on like fireman. That's a better doing idea. A calendar, do doing a calendar to raise money. Um, I don't know about some of these guys, man. I don't know if they'd be down for all that. And they, and honestly, I could I could see Danny be Pastor dying Lott laughing on the Pastor Lot. Hey, Pastor Lot just did a he just did some serious fasting. Him and Miss Robbie, he may be hard as woodpecker yeah. lips right now. Who knows? Out there holding a hey Pastor Lot with no shirt on holding a bible yeah (laughs) that'd be cool how about that all right y'all hopefully as always this was a blessing to you until next time stay alert stay alive